It's very great joy for me to be with you once more. I think it's quite a time since I was last here. Um, but it's a joy to see you. Um, I understand you're going to ask questions about the Middle East and Israel. And uh, so I thought that uh, the Lord would have me speak an overview of the whole Israel question. So if you will um, turn with me to the Word of God, we will um, we will start right in the book of Genesis in chapter twelve. Genesis twelve and verse one. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee. 耶和华亚伯拉罕说：“你要离开本地本族父家，往我所要指示你的地区。And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and be thou a blessing.”我必叫你成为大国，我必赐福给你，叫你的名为大，你也要叫别人得福。And I will bless them that bless thee, and him that curseth thee will I curse. 为你祝福的，我必赐福于他；那咒诅你的，我必咒诅他。And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed.地上的万族都要因你得福。Then I would like you to turn to the second psalm.然后要你们翻到诗篇第二篇。This psalm is prophetic, really.其实这个是预言的诗。why do the nations rage and the peoples meditate a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds asunder and cast away their cords from us. 万民为什么计算虚伪的事世上的君王一起起来正在一堂商议要抵挡耶和华并他的受高者说我们要睁开他们的捆绑脱去他们的绳索 sitteth in the heavens will laugh The Lord will have them in derision Then will he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet I have set my king upon my holy hill.那坐在天上的必发笑，主必讥笑他们。那时他要在怒中责备他们，在烈怒中啊惊吓他们，说我已经立我的君在西安我的圣山上了。I will tell of the decree. The Lord said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I will give thee the nations for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. And I would like you to turn to the prophecy of Isaiah and chapter 11. If we will read um, uh, verse 10. It shall come to pass in that day that the root of Jesse that standeth for an ensign of the peoples unto him shall the nation see, and his resting place shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord will set his hand again 
the second time to recover the remnant of his people that shall remain from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shina and from Hama and from the islands of the sea. 當那日子第二次伸手救回自己百姓中所餘剩的,就是在亞述、埃及、巴斯洛、古時、以蘭、斯拿、哈馬並眾海島所剩下的。And he will set up an ensign for the nations, and will assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners. Of now, if you will turn to the New Covenant, to the New Testament, in chapter Romans, chapter 11. Verse 11. I say then, did they, that is the Jewish people, did they stumble that they might fall? God forbid. But by their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy. Now, if their fall is the riches of the world and their loss the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? And then in verse 15, for if the casting away of them is the reconciling of the world, what? Shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? Now from verse 25. For I would not, brothers, have you ignorant of this mystery, lest ye be wise in your own conceit, that a hardening in part hath befallen Israel until the full number of the Gentiles be coming.弟兄们，弟兄们，我不愿意你们不知道奥秘，恐怕你们自以为聪明，就是以色列人有几分是硬心的，等到外邦人的数目填满了。And so all Israel shall be saved, even as it is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer; he shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant unto them. When I shall take away their sins. Yourselves,以色列全家都要得救。如今上所记，并有一位救主从西安出来，要消于雅各家的一切罪恶。又说，我除去他们的罪的时候，这就是我与他们所立的约。As touching the gospel, they are enemies for your sake. But as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. 就着福音说他们为你们的缘故是仇敌，就着拣选说他们为列祖的缘故是蒙爱的。For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable。因为神的恩赐和宣召是没有后悔的。Just a further word of prayer。我们再一点祷告。Beloved Lord, we want to thank you that when we come to your word. You have made a specific anointing for us. You won that anointing at Calvary. And you make it a reality in the person of the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, we pray that you will be the anointing for the speaking of your word. And you will be the anointing for the hearing of your word. So that, Lord, something may be done in our time that will 
really open our eyes and help us to understand the world situation in which we find ourselves this morning. And Lord, we should be very careful to give you all the praise and worship of our hearts for answering this prayer. Which we ask in the name of our Messiah, the Lord Jesus. Amen. What I want to try and do for you, at least the Lord's got to do it, um, is to give you a bird's eye view of the word of God in this matter of Israel. When God made a covenant with Abraham, it was one of the great turning points in divine history. Stephen said when he was uh, speaking to the Sanhedrin, um, the the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham. Abraham's family were living in Ur of the Chaldees. At this point. And uh, according to our uh, Jewish um, uh, law, um, they were idol makers. A very lucrative business. Because everyone in Ur of the Chaldees had idols. Idols for the bedroom, idols for the lounge, idols for the kitchen, idols for the garden, idols at the front door, idols at the back door. All food was sacrificed to them before you ate it. There were idols on the street corners. Idols in the square. And idols in temples. When the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham, he never worshipped another idol in his life. Something happened to him. From being an inhabitant of Ur of the Chaldees, he became a soldier. A, a pilgrim. Uh, from, yeah, yeah, from, from, from being an idol maker, he became a worshipper of the living God. Actually, Abraham saw far more than many modern Christians. In the God of glory, he saw the city of glory. The writer of the Hebrew letters tells us he sought for that city which has the foundations, whose builder and architect is God. It was that that gripped him for the rest of his life. He made a covenant 
with our forefathers。That is God。With Abraham。And he said two things。He said out of thee shall come forth a great nation。所以出於你會有一個大國生出來。That was the first。這是第一件事情。That great nation 这个大的国是以色列。Now, by Chinese standards,按照中国人的标准,that's not a great nation.是不是一个大的国?I'm often asked by the Chinese people, um, how, what's your population?所以常常中国人问说,哎,你们的有多少百姓?I million.我说三百万。Three million, they said. How can it be a great nation? It doesn't have great ground. It doesn't have great architecture. It doesn't have a great population. How then did God call it a great nation? Simply. Because the light of God the Almighty was to come through that nation. The word of God was to be given to us through that nation. That is what made the, the nation great. It was the light of God, the covenants of God, the service of God, the worship of God, the salvation of God, and the purpose of God, the eternal purpose. Through this one small nation, God gave it to this earth. It is amazing. And the greatest of all. Is that the Messiah was born of this nation? He was Jewish. Jesus himself said, Salvation is of the Jews. That makes Israel unique. No other nation has such a claim. But God also said a second thing. Just as important and vital. He said, And in thee, that is Abraham, in thee shall all the families of the earth. That is the Gentiles. So from the very beginning, the covenant that God made with Abraham and his seed was twofold. It was a nation that would become the instrument and agency for God to do something. For the light of God to come to us. Think for the moment. 39 books of the Old Testament and every one of them written by a Jew. Oh, you say to me, but what about the New Testament? That's 29 writings. And I immediately say, all but two of those writings were written by Jews. So, the only two that were not written by a Jew, at least possibly, was the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles. We, 
we really don't know whether Luke was Jewish or not. Or whether he was a, a Gentile who found the Lord. Join the Jews. <laughs> but uh, that means that your whole Bible of 60 sooks, writings and books, was given to us to the Jewish people. No wonder Satan has hated this people. It is no surprise to discover that anti-Semitism in all its bitterness and power is the oldest hatred. But the second thing seems to often be overlooked. The second thing was that the Gentiles would come into the salvation of God. And that in itself is incredible. Um, I, I read Psalm 2. And I said that it was a prophetic psalm. It is prophetic. Uh, why do the nations rage? Why do the rulers and the kings of the earth set? themselves against the Lord and against His Christ, His Messiah. Why? He says He will laugh. He says I will hold them in derision. Because I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. But then, listen to this. We suddenly, the Holy Spirit goes back again. And says, uh, it is, you are my son. This day have I begotten you. It's too small a thing. For the Jewish people to have been produced. Ask of me, and I will give thee the nations for thine inheritance. And the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. Two things. Again. Here in this prophetic psalm. Now, my dear brother, dear sister, we are living basically in this psalm. It's our experience. Look at the paganization that's taking place in the United States. It is unbelievable. In a few short years, this nation that was a great Christian nation, at least uh, in history, is being paganized. We have same-sex marriages, say, uh, uh, um, gay rights. What, what's going to come next? Not one single leader of any denomination except the Roman Catholics has spoken against this paganization. Just as the Lord said, they, they are against the Lord and against His anointed. And they speak of His word as bondage. 
It is something that causes mental illness. Cords. The bind so that we can't move. We can't breathe. We can't be ourselves. Paganism was nothing if it wasn't being itself. The word of God speaks of the church becoming apostate. Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones once said, Dr. Lloyd Jones You can't apostatize, that is the Better modern English is backslide. If you were not the, at a good place to begin with, you slide back. And that's what we're seeing. It's incredible. They are reinventing the Word of God bringing it up to date, making it more contemporary. <laughs> Isn't it all interesting? Then we discover something else. We discover that in the last days, God will set up an ensign for the nations. An ensign. A banner, but it's more oh. an ensign is more than a banner. Yeah, you're the republic, you don't understand ensigns. Uh, an ensign is a flag that flies, it's a royal flag, it flies over where the king or queen is. So how do you know the queen is in Scotland, in Balmoral? By the ensign flying on the castle. <laughs> How do you know she's in Windsor Castle? By the ensign How do you know? Yeah. How do you know she's in Buckingham Palace? By the ensign. When you see a big car go by with an ensign over it, oh, it's probably the Queen. And God said, in, in, in Isaiah chapter 11, for a second time, I will recover this people. The first time was Babylon. The second time is in our modern history. In 1948, Israel miraculously was recreated as a state. It was a miracle. It came at the weakest point in Jewish history. When something like six, between six and eight million people have died in industrialized killing. At that weakest point, Israel was born. And God said, it shall be for an ensign to the nations. In other words, it is the king's doing. This is where the king is present. Unknown. Rejected. Oh, 
But it's his business. 但是这是他所做的工作. He has done this. 他做了这么个工作. That's extraordinary. 这是何等伟大的一件事情。所以在两千年之后，一起被分散的百姓可以再回到他们原来的两千年前。所以有神迹在神迹发生。I mean, there have been ten wars since 1948 in Israel. Four of which should have been the elimination of Israel. She has not survived those wars, but triumphed in them. How could that be? Jeremiah the prophet said, Gives us the answer. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles that are afar off. He that scattered Israel will gather him. And keep him. As a shepherd does his flock. That's modern Israeli history. Ten wars. And in every one of them, the shepherd, God himself, has kept them. Don't you think God is saying something? Do you not think it an extraordinary thing that God said to Abraham, Those that bless you, I will bless. And those that curse you, I will curse. There are two different words in Hebrew. Not for the blessing, same word, but for the cursing. The first means basically he that demeans you, devalues you, negates you, I will curse, and that is a terrible word, destruction, full destruction. Now, dear brothers, dear sisters, we know that the Church of God is also an ensign to the nations. We know that it, it means the king is present. Why does the Bible say in the New Testament, he is head of the church. Head of the body. Does it mean head and body? Cut your head off. Your body is dead. And the head won't do very well either. What is the meaning of this New Testament? Word that comes again and again and again, head and body. What happened on the day of Pentecost? When the risen Lord Jesus, the Messiah, took the promise of the Spirit, and poured him out, 120 saved human beings became members of a body. They shared the same life. They shared the same salvation. They shared the same purpose of God. They were a fellowship. Belonging first to the head and then to the 
Now you say to me, now what are you doing? Right? You're confusing us. First you talk about Israel. And the Jewish people. And God's purpose for them. And then suddenly you talk about the church. You see, the extraordinary thing. Is that when God made a covenant with Abraham? It was not only Israel he had in mind. He had the Gentiles. At present, the Jewish people, by and large, are enemies. For your sake, mark it. For your sake, God has blinded them, hardened them, in spite of being for them. Can you understand it? Listen again. Uh, you know, I'm getting old now. So I sometimes have senior moments when I forget the scripture to, re- to repeat it. So I have to look it up to make sure that I'm not misquoted. Listen to this. I say then did uh, uh, Romans 11 verse 11 I say then did they stumble the Jewish people something they might fall God forbid but by their fall salvation is come unto the Gentiles to provoke them to jealousy I would to God Christian meetings would provoke the Jews to jealousy but many Christian meetings I go into are so boring <laughs> don't think even the mice would be proposed. <laughs> but when the Lord is present, that provokes Jews to jealousy. But isn't it marvelous? Now listen, listen to what he says. Now if their fall is the riches of the world and their loss, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. Has there been a fall? Yes. Even the rabbis believed in this fall. Has there been a loss? Yes. Every Jewish Bible school teaches it. In the same sentence that the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul speaks of a fall and the loss, he speaks of their coming fullness. The recreation of the state of Israel is the harbinger. It is the herald. It is the beginning of their fullness. The bones have come together. Then there's a little bit of flesh on them. And sinew. But there is no spirit. Until the day comes. When there will be almost a counterpart to Pentecost. Of course it was Jews who were saved on the day of Pentecost. Filled with the Holy Spirit. So it will be again. Do you follow me? 
Because this is the thing that lies at the root of all the troubles the world is going through at present. It will be his end. It is like a bell tolling out his funeral. To destroy that nation. And stop the miracle of God's salvation. But he will fail. Miserably. What does it say? Now if the casting away of them is the reconciling of the world. What will the receiving of them be? But life from the dead. Resurrection, life from power. That is the same people who died. Will be raised up. Isn't that amazing? But if you followed me so far, let me take you another step. The Apostle Paul was not only a great Bible teacher, he was also a prophet. And in many of these things he prophesied. It was the Spirit of the Lord prophetically using. Listen to his word. Yeah. From, I think it's verse um, 25. For I would not, brothers, have you ignorant of this mystery. Mystery? What's mysterious? I tell you what, how can a people who have rejected the Messiah and continue to reject the Messiah, who are not saved, how can they be saved? Even more. If they don't know the Lord, if they rejected the Messiah, how can God recreate the nation? How can He bring them back? It's a mystery. This is the mystery of Israel. This word mystery is used a number of times. It's about the mystery of the incarnation. The mystery of how Christ dwells in us. The mystery of the church. When it is really the church. It's marvelous. When we got it about an unsaved people. The mystery of Israel. Then he says this. He says, I better read it again. I don't know. I have a senior moment. Um, Lest you be wise in your own conceits that are hardening in part of the fallen Israel until the full number, this isn't the fullness of the Gentile times, but the fullness, the full number of the Gentiles be coming. That's why it says be come in. And so all Israel. Not meaning every Jew. But everyone that by God given faith. Is in the true olive tree. Those 
who are natural branches. I'm a natural bond. I'm being re-engrafted. Most of you here are wild olive branches. <laughs> I always say, you've heard some me say before, some more wild than others. <laughs> the amazing thing, all you who are wild olive branches have been grafted into this good olive tree. Everyone who is in that good olive tree by God-given faith is covered by this marvelous word, and so all Israel shall be saved. It was the purpose of God from the beginning not only to produce a great nation, that was Israel, but to cause multitudes and multitudes of Gentiles to be blessed through Abraham. That's why Abraham is called the father of all who believe. Not only those of the law, but those of the God-given faith. Now, I don't know whether I should go on here, but... It's interesting what he quotes. I had the greatest sympathy for Paul. He wasn't anywhere near my age at this point, but I think he had a senior moment. He said, even as it is written, a deliverer shall come out of Zion. And shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. But if you look back into the old covenant, you will find this prophecy. It's in Isaiah 49, verse 19. And this is what it says. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. And to those who turn from ungodliness. Well, a Redeemer did come to Zion. It was Jesus. And the early church was totally Jewish. So there were those who turned from ungodliness. Thank God. These, these Jews who found the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit, they took the gospel to Armenia, they took the gospel to India, they took the gospel to Ethiopia. They took the gospel to France. They took the gospel to Germany. They even took the gospel to Britain. According to tradition, Joseph of Arimathea preached the gospel in London. He preached the gospel in London 14 years after the death, burial, and resurrection. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, I searched everywhere for where he, the Apostle Paul found this scripture. And naturally, I look, I look at the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament. 
It was the translation that was used by the early church. But it says precisely the same as the Hebrew. So all I can think is that somewhere there is another Septuagint version that was a little different and, and the Apostle Paul was using it. But I don't think so. I think it's more likely he had a senior moment. And, and he quoted uh, 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 Isaiah 49 in a somewhat different way. But it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was saying this time the Redeemer will not come to Zion. He will come out of Zion. And he will turn away on godliness from Jacob. I don't know whether this all of the time saying registers with you. But it is very simple. We are going to see attempt after attempt after attempt to destroy Israel. Israel will suffer. But in every one of them, she will triumph. And the nations that come against Israel will be destroyed. If I read my Bible correctly, it is absolutely clear. And we are seeing it. Very clearly, the paganization taking place in the United States only helps this. The paganization taking place in the United Kingdom only helps this. In Germany, in France, in the Scandinavian nations. These are all the traditional Christian nations. As they become more and more paganized, so the distance between them and Israel will become greater. This means that we are in the Middle East, facing what seems to be a dark future. But I must tell you, I'm far less worried about the survival and triumph of Israel. Of the United States, or the United Kingdom, or the European nations. The climate's upside down. The economy is upside down. Everything is, the Lord seems to be tipping it on end. And it's very simple. God made a covenant with Abraham. You can't have some American president coming along and saying, Excuse me, you made a mistake. You weren't politically correct. We must put you right. We will take the promised land and we'll cut it in two. What in the world do you think the Almighty will do? 
I think he is angry. And those nations that are part of this will know judgment. But at the same time, multitudes will be saved. As believers are faithful to the Lord, in union with the Lord Jesus, surrendered to Him, filled with the Holy Spirit, and the fire of God, they will be the means through which multitudes of others will come to the Lord. Will may it speed up. Because when the full number of the Gentiles become in, God will turn back to the Jewish people and save them with the most incredible result. It will be resurrection life. Well, I think that's enough to give you a bird's eye view. The other things I could say. But the fact of the matter is you've been very patient sitting there. These at least comfortable seats, I must I always think pews in church buildings were designed by Satan. <laughs> they were designed deliberately to stop people going to sleep. Which doesn't say very much for the word being ministered. But uh, it seems to me that we're in a tremendous period of time in world history. And now is the time to be 100% surrendered to the Lord Jesus. We don't only need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We need the fire. When the fire is absent, people don't get saved. When the fire is absent, the children of God fall out of love with one another. They divide into factions. When the fire is no longer there, there is not the power or the energy to see the purpose of God fulfilled. Dear brother, dear sister, did you ever realize that Israel lies at the heart of all this? I've said it many times and you may have heard me say it. I have a friend who was the former director of the uh, International Christian Embassy. And he said something in a moment of brilliant prophetic insight. He said, when God saved Abraham, he put within him the whole DNA of world redemption. That's why he's called the father of all who believe. Jew and Gentile. It all began with Abraham. And dear brother, dear sister, it will end with the Jewish people being restored fully to the Lord. That's where we are. 
It's very interesting in Zechariah. Speaks of the siege against Jerusalem. And it looks as if it's taking place, though not place, but taking shape. And then the Lord uses a little three words. Which Isaiah also used by the Holy Spirit. Again and again and again. In that day. In that day. In that day. In that day. Eight times. In one chapter. And each time it introduces a miracle. A divine miracle. It's incredible what the Lord has promised He's going to do. We have no reason to be downcast. Or frightened. Why should we be frightened? There's no reason to be frightened. The Lord is with us. The problem is when we have a will that is not surrendered to him. And when we have a Christian life, so called, that is not under his lordship, we have serious problems. May the Lord bless you. Thank you very much.